You're now listening to Sound Talent Media. Check out more shows at SoundTalentMedia.com. This is the story of Whitney Houston. This is the story of Kurt Cobain. Of George Michael, of Otis Redding, of Amy Winehouse, of Michael Hutchins, Bob Marley. This is the story of Prince. It's a new podcast series. About how they died, why they died, and why we're still talking about them so long after. It's like nothing you've ever heard before. It's storytelling. But it's more than that, because rock stars... They tell us how we feel. They change our mood. They change the clothes we wear, the people we hang out with. The way we remember things. It's them who give us those ludicrous moments, the ones where you're... Jumping around, singing your heart out, feeling understood. And it's those moments we'll help you remember, the ones you're thinking about right now. That feeling. That feeling. It's coming soon from Crowd Network. Just search for Death of a Rockstar on your podcast app. And subscribe now. Welcome to In the Key of Change Chats. Today's chat is with Youngblood from DC9. Let's give it a listen because it's time for a change. This is Jackie and I'm back here again with um, Youngblood from DC9. DC9, baby. It's, it's been a few minutes. The last time we chatted was July, like right after your album dropped yeah, on Warped um, Tour. Crazy. Virginia Beach. What are some of the highlights of your summer? That had to have been a crazy summer. Yeah, man, that was mental. Like that, It was kind of crazy just... The amount of growth we had in just such a small amount of time. Do you know what I mean? I just couldn't believe it. Like we were turning up, especially like on Warp Tour in, in, in cities everywhere. And then we went to Australia and everything was mobbed. And it's kind of just been the way, that way ever since. Like I can't believe it. Like if we, it's just weird. I like look at the boys as well. I'm like, is this, is this real, man? Do you know what I mean? Like we, we drop new merch, it sells out in a minute or we, we, we announce shows and they're in March and they're about to sell out. And, and, and you know what I mean? It's just kind of crazy. Like, I can't believe like how quickly it's, it's moving. And I'm just grateful, man. It's ma- ma- madness. So how do you think Warp Tour affected? Uh, I mean, tonight's sold out. Yeah. You've got a ton of sold out the whole, shows. The whole, yeah. The whole, pretty much the whole tour. And I think it was so, it was so integral to that because it gave me an outlet to go to places that ain't just Chicago, New York, DC, three dates in Texas and LA. Do you know what I mean? Because I don't want to be that. I don't want to be, oh, we're going to do three dates and then just forget about the rest of the country. Do you know what I mean? It's like, America's a big place, man. It's like, so it's like Europe. It's like everywhere. It's like every continent, man. It's like, I all I care about is meeting people and connecting people and trying to connect to as many people as I can. Do you know what I mean? That's just what I'm about. So being able to do walk tour and go to 35 places and on this tour go to 30 places was important to me. You know what I mean? And uh, the last time we talked, 21st Century Liability had just dropped. Um, where did you pull inspiration from when you wrote the songs on that album? Um, it was on. It was an accumulation of just everything that I felt growing up. Do you know what I mean? I think everything that went on in my head and everything that I felt and saw and 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 was going on around me growing up and kind of all my life to this moment. Do you know what I mean? And initially, it was initially it was about me. Initially, it was about me saying, this is what I'm seeing in the world. And this is my opinion. I'm just going to get it out there. But the more and more it kind of connected and I saw people really connecting to it, like abnormally, like getting tattoos of every song on the record, like, and then getting the Black Heart tattoos. I think there's over like 4,000 now, which is just fucking mad. Um, 
it became less and less about me and it became more and more about young blood ain't just me young blood ain't just the artist it's the community that's been built do you know what i mean that's what i always kind of wanted you know what i mean because i grew up on like bands like like my chemical romance and oasis and lady gaga marilyn manson these artists bowie that were more than just an artist it was a it was a brand, it was a culture, it was a way of doing things. I mean, you'd wear your hair like that because Bowie wore his hair like that. Or, do you know what I mean? It was like, it wasn't just, it wasn't just me and them. It was, it's we. Do you know what I mean? I want it to be we, not me and them. I like that sentiment. So how much of the album is autobiographical versus other outside influences? Um, I mean, everything always comes from a real place because I just can't write about what I not don't know. Do you know what I mean, even if I make up a story behind it or I enhance it artistically or whatever, I can't write about something I've got no clue about. I remember an English teacher said to me in school, so funny, right? <laughs> but my, my English teacher said to me, I was I was doing this essay and I loved English, I loved history, I loved drama, I loved music, I loved anything where I could create and shit. Do you know what I mean? Um, and my, I was writing a poem on the fucking desert or something. And, I, and my English teacher knew I was really into poetry and words and shit. And he was and it was just shit. I was getting I should have been getting like an A for it and I got like a fucking C. And he was like, I was like, why? And he was like, brother, you're writing about the fucking desert. Like, have you ever been to a desert? I'm like, no, I haven't. And he was like, no. So then I literally wrote about a park near my house, which me and my mates would go and smoke 40 a day at like 13 years old. Do you know what I mean? And like I've bottles of frosty jack cider and stuff like that and it wasn't ethically school friendly but i wrote it and i got an a for it because it was about something i knew and it was believable and i knew what the fucking pavement looked like when i put a cigarette butt out on it do you know what i mean and and yeah that kind of taught me something write about what you know or at least make it come from a real place because if you're lying out there then i'm really fucking scared for you you know what i mean if you're lying and you're fake and you're putting something on and there's a thousand people listening to your every word, then I feel scared for you. I don't think it's that durable. And, you know, no, I, I think it, that it'll it's... fade. It'll yeah. fade. If it's not real, it'll fade. And that's what I mean. That's all I ever want to be because I think there's a lot of bullshit in the world right now and I just want to be real as I can. Appreciate that. So are you drawn specifically to uh, issues surrounding like mental health, anxiety, ADHD, or depression? Or is it just sort of like, again, you're pulling from... Totally. That's just what I feel. I don't I don't want to go, I'm going to write about anxiety because I think that's what needs to be written about. You know what I mean? I think a lot of fucking... I was literally... I was thinking about a song title the other day. I mean, I, I like... I want to write a song called like Selling Misery because a lot of artists write about that because... It's the, it sells. And I just fucking think that's awful. I think that's just a load of bullshit. Do you know what I mean? Like, I just want to write about what I write about because it's me writing about it. Do you know what I mean? I just think I don't want to tell people what to think. I don't want to write something because I think it's going to connect to a load of people. I'm just going to write what I know and what I've seen or what I've heard. Like, for example... On, the, on some of the new music I'm writing, it's like, it's more about people I've met and people I've talked to. So I'm writing a lot more in third person stories, which is exciting because I've met people and they've taught me something about my life and, and stuff like that. Do you know what I mean? Because the fan base right now is so close. 
and connected and strong, uh, that's what I've been experiencing for the last six months. Do you know what I mean? I'm not going to write about something I've not been experiencing because then it's not real and people see that through that a mile off. You know what I mean? And I think your fans really appreciate that you're so accessible. Oh, totally. And that's, that's it, man. It's like, I want to defeat a barrier between an artist and a fan base. Even if it gets one, it gets that big one day where I can't meet 3,000 people, I'll stand at the barrier for 15 minutes and meet as many of them as I can. Do you know what I mean? That's what I want to do after every show. Like, even if I play the fucking O2 or Madison Square Garden or something, I want Youngblood's going to fucking meet his fans at the barrier. It's like, what? In Madison Square Garden? It's like, yeah, fuck it. Do you know what I mean? I just want to do that because it's not, it's not about fucking selling records or whatever or fucking private jets or whatever for me you know what I mean it's about fucking playing music I love and connecting and and feeling like for the first time in my life my voice has been heard you know what I mean and 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 people in the audience feeling that too that's the most powerful thing you know I would agree with that I think that that's what I think a lot of fans connect to um why do you think it's easy for some people to sort of dismiss issues dealing with anxiety and mental health and depression so I don't understand them I think I think uh, there's a generational difference because I don't know, 20 years ago, it was stiff up a lip, get on with it. Bingo. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. That was what it was. That, that was what it was. Stop crying, toughen yeah, up, be a man. Cry, yeah, be a man, t- toughen up. Whereas now it's finally been taken seriously. Do you know what I mean? And I think, I think everyone has a, has a, an element of, of anxiety and depression inside. And that's just a, that's just human life, you know, but I think some struggle more than others. And, and, and that's that's it, man. I was like, I just didn't understand it when I first figured it out in my head. I was like, oh my god, this is so frightening. And that's why I just released a Kill Somebody video, and and people were like, wow, it's quite uncomfortable. I was like, yeah, it's fucking uncomfortable. Do you know what I mean? Because at the end of the day, like, that's what art's supposed to do, isn't it? Right? Like, it's supposed to make someone who would never normally understand what someone else is going through just tap into that world for three minutes. You know what I mean? Because, yeah, is it uncomfortable to watch? Is it triggering sometimes? Yeah, it is. But you know what's worse than than that? Someone not understanding what you're going through. Someone going, oh, it's just a phase. Oh, it's just, nah, it's not real. Do you know what I mean? That's what I wanted to do to bring awareness to the subject because that video is how anxiety and depression looks like it feels in my stomach. Do you know what I mean? That's what I wanted to do. That's that's what I wanted to do with it. I didn't want it to be just, just a video. I wanted it to be, fuck, man, that's... Oh, that's that's intense. Everyone's been very loud in this dressing room. It's all good. So I think media, at least in 2018, is starting to get better with recognizing that, you know, we're all human and things like that. Um, Your music even got into 13 Reasons Why, which kind of deals with that. How did that come about? Um, It was literally like I had a song that called, um, it was initially called Cigarettes, but then we called it Falling Skies. Um, that I would just never, I would just wrote it because I wanted to. And, it, uh, and, I, and I, 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 it was a bit more poppy than usual. I don't know, because with me, I just fucking write what I write. And people are like, is that Youngblood? I'm like, well, I fucking wrote it. So yeah, it is. Do you know what I mean? I never want to be like, oh, Youngblood's this. You know what I mean? I get pissed off when people are like, oh man, I miss the old punk shit. Or, oh man, why can't you sing more like Polygraph Eyes? I'm like, listen, I'm just going to fucking be free. Do you know what I mean? I don't want to do... Doing the same song twice for me is a failure. Do you know what I mean? I failed. And doing the same song for 12 songs on an album is exactly, boring. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> that's exactly right. And um, and that song came about and I was I didn't know when I'd release it. I didn't know what album I'd put it on. And they were looking for unreleased music and 
they got it. I said, I don't know. I think someone at my label played it over a fucking lunch or something. I don't fucking know. And they just were like, what is this? And it was like Youngblood. And it was like, oh, we love Youngblood. Like, we love what, what, what he's talking about, et cetera. And then, yeah, it got on there. I was like, whoa, that's cool. And that's actually not your first kind of venture on TV. No. How did you get on the Disney Channel? Oh. Let's, let's bring it way back. Yeah, man, bring it. It was either that or sucking dick at King's Cross Station. For Fair one. enough. No, I'm joking. It was just kind of like I'd moved out of London at 16 um, to just pursue a career in entertainment. I was like, say, you've been performing. You know it's I mean? not was, just I was, music. I, yeah, I, was, I, I always wanted to do whatever it was. You know what I mean? I was always into music. Music was always kind of my, my like, main thing but at the end of the day man art and stuff that can't facilitate itself do you know what I mean it's like I was skint in London and that came along and I was like they offered me a load of money more money than I'm on now and I was like oh, wow this is gonna be this this could be cool and I did it and I I, I I like I met some amazing people and 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 it was cool for a second and then then they asked me about a couple more series I was like nah I'm not interested I've done that now and it was amazing because I got money and I got to be set up in London and allow, I didn't have to work a job. I could fucking sit down and write songs 12 hours a day. Do you it was, know what I mean? So it was kind of a catalyst. Yeah, it was kind of a catalyst. It was total catalyst. And I, I would never hide that. That's why I would never, that's why I'm so open. I'm not like, ooh, shut up, talk, don't talk about that thing because that's just part of me, man. I did it and I'm glad I did it because it re- made me realise what I was as an artist. I wasn't going to, conform because of money do you know what I mean I, I didn't want to be like fuck it I'll do it because of the money and I kind of feel like your artistic skills you know be it musical and theatrical kind of come together and kill somebody who came up with the treatment for that um, one it was like a very close like me and a kid called Hunter Simmons who's an it was an intern at my label everyone was like oh man you need to work with this creative department who have fucking done everybody but then I just met this intern I was like I like that one can I work it with him and they were like yeah, well, yeah fuck whatever it you whatever you want <laughs> And then we just kind of, he's just such a, he's, he's a kid who gets me, like, really, like, creatively really gets me. And I was like, I want to do something a little like the Yonkers video um, by Tyler, the creator. I was like, I want to strip it back. Cause medication and psychotic kids has been so crazy. I just want it to be a visual depiction of depression. And then we started spitballing. And I was in the studio at the time. And I always like, when I'm in the studio, I always like having people around because I can do like a constant stream of creativity. Do you know what I mean? So I'll be working on a song and I'm bored of the fucking song for 10 minutes and I'll go and work on a video idea or design a t-shirt or draw a picture. I'm like a fucking 10 year old in the corner. Do you know what I mean? But it's always that. So I come back to ideas that always are circulating. And he just showed me some pictures he'd drawn. I was like, I love this. And then he was like, well, what about if we had your shadow? moving and I was like that's amazing and then what about if the shadow killed itself and we're bouncing off each other's ideas and then it's like well what about if they kill somebody there's a gun to your head and then it's you do you know what I mean I'm like that's what I said he was like that's fucking amazing and and yeah we just did it in a studio ourselves one day so what songs on the album are the most cathartic for you to perform live kill somebody I think is pretty because I usually I'm pretty focused when I got on stage, I'm usually pretty in the zone. I feel like that's the time you are focused. That's oh, weird. That's the time I. That's the time I completely emotionally become a fucking wreck. Do you know I mean? Especially when when they're singing every word because I can hear them. There's no drums. There's no guitars. There's no. It's the moment where you kind of go like, I kind of open the door for you to see my soul for a second, and then I close and I'm calling you a dickhead again two minutes later. Do you know what I mean? 
Um, uh, that one, I think Polygraph Eyes is so important to me. I just kind of like the reaction to that every night is is it's amazing. And Marry Me, everyone knows it. It's like the song in the world that everyone fucking knows. But what's weird then is right right now they know every fucking lyric to every song. Like tonight, everything is crazy. And I don't know, man, it changes. Like I love playing Doctor Doctor. Loads of shit, man. It was interesting on the six stops that I covered on Warped Tour. It was interesting because every time I would see your set, there would be more people and there would be more kids singing Ooh, along yeah, to your songs crazy. and stuff. It was it was mad. It was like, it just grew. And I was speaking to Kevin Lyman, who runs it. Like me and Kevin got really close. And he just says, yeah, he says, I've, what? I've seen it before. And he's like, we started in St. Louis with like 100 kids. And then two weeks later, we were getting 600 kids a day. So, so because you have such a great fan base, I decided to post a, a question yeah. to uh, one of your Facebook fan groups, and I said, "I love that." I said, "If I if I chat with Down tomorrow, what would you what, what would you want me to ask?" So I love that. I grabbed just a couple of good ones. Um, it was hard to kind of there was too many. But yeah, we can sit here and talk all night. But um, where do you see your career in five years? Wow. See, they're better at this than I am. Yeah, they are. Man. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking hell, that's crazy. I think. I just want to. I just want the community to be growing continuously every year. Like as I said, as I've always said, man, I, I'm not asked about record sales. I just want to play stadiums. I want to have stadiums everywhere of 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 a community that that is strong and and that that, that can't be ignored. Do you know what I mean? So yeah, I think just to grow the community more and fingers crossed, in five years are in stadiums everywhere. All of us. So what are some songs that you listen to? Uh, when you're not obviously playing your own, that your fans would be surprised that you listen oh, to. Oh, well, dope, man! I love Daniel Caesar. If you're Daniel Caesar, it's like this, it's like this, uh, like this. I don't know, man. He's like the modern Stevie Wonder. Okay. Almost, he's kind of cool, but he's like hip hop. Nice. Um, <clears throat> a kid called Lewis Capaldi is a singer songwriter. He's our mate from Scotland. He's a funny. He's so funny. He, he like he sounds like Shrek, uh, but his voice is like. He's in pain. His voice. His voice is incredible. Um, that would be surprised. That wow. I usually listen to quite a lot of rock music and hip hop. So yeah, I'm I'm trying to like think about not the obvious one. Daniel Caesar, Louis Capaldi. I love Jesse Reyes, Billie Eilish. Yeah, man. You prop. To be honest, I'm usually pretty like pretty pretty open. I always post about it all the time. I love a girl called Greta Ray from Australia. She's like a singer-songwriter. I like like soft music too. It's not always like. <laughs> <laughs> if you could, this is a good one. I can't take credit for it, but if you could go back and talk to your fourteen or fifteen-year-old self, what would you tell him? Wow, um, fuck me. <laughs> um, buckle up because it's going to be a really big fucking ride. Oh, I like that. <laughs> so I'll end on the question that pretty much half the the, the kids asked: yeah. When can they expect new music? Oh. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, fuck it I want I want to release new music at the start of next year awesome well stay tuned for much more from Youngblood this is Jackie thanks to Substream Magazine hey there I'm Johnny Christ from Avenged Sevenfold and I've got a podcast called Drinks with Johnny you're gonna want to check out I sit down with a bunch of different people from all different walks of life from professional wrestlers to actors comedians fighters musicians Everything in between. I'm just looking to make some friends and have a good time doing it. So if that sounds like something you're into, go check out Drinks With Johnny, streaming everywhere now.